Time is running out for the planet Earth. It's impervious to all voices. There's an intriguing sensation. It's a nuclear device. Fun, fun, fun! Yes, that's nice. Statistically speaking, of course, it's still the safest way to travel. It belongs to a creature from outer space. It's a bird! It's a plane! It's very important. It does not confuse you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Shell Inherit. I'm Daniel Pickett. And I'm Jason Lind. And it's March, and it's a thousand degrees. What is going on? It's like we've spun off our axis and we're hurtling towards the sun at this is point. Is that what's happening? I think I, that's that's the only explanation I have. If for only it. there were a way to, I don't know, get some sort of interstellar crew together, drop some missiles at the sun, right, and uh, you know get the planet to start cooling itself. Maybe you should start making some calls. I think I could. You know, my dad owns NASA. Oh wow, that's a good. Did you gig. know that? Yeah. No, I didn't. I keep telling him now's a good time to give it up, sell it, right, move on. But he keeps thinking. The space race is going to make a huge comeback any day now, and uh, it's just not the right time to sell. Who does he think he's racing against at this point? Uh, Howard Hughes. Oh, wow. Uh, I know. You might want to tap Dad on the shoulder. I know. Take him aside and break some news. I just haven't the heart to tell him. Oof. That's got to be a tough one. Living in those golden years, I just don't have the heart to tell him what's really going on. Very awkward at the holidays, I'm sure. Just a bit. All those packages that still haven't showed up from Howard. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's hotter than a monkey's bum, as they say, in, in the uh, par- parlance of our times. Right, yes. Uh, yeah, I don't know why, I don't know where, but it's happening, and I don't like it. Feels like it should be spring. Yeah, it doesn't, fe- you're right, it feels like, um, well, it certainly doesn't feel like mid-March, I'll tell you that. No. It feels like June or July. And once again, let's clear this up for the rest of the world and or country. We don't mean to sound like we're bitching about nice weather here in L.A. We know that people have got it much, much worse in places not that far from us. <laughs> right. They're, they're still, you know, digging their cars out of the snow. <laughs> well, they, they can laugh because we're all going to be out of water in a year. So That's right. We're going to be moving moving to their house and drinking out of their bathtubs or something. We'll get ours in the end. That's right. They say. Or the front. Ooh! Yay! Yay, lady! So, uh, speaking of weather... Um, yes. we got a lot to talk about, a lot to cover, because we now only do this show every six months. <laughs> that seems to be the case, yes. So, we got much more to, to cover, including your, uh, your verdict... And you're uh, you're downloading us on your experience at New York Toy Fair. Oh yeah. So we gotta we gotta get this ball rolling here because there's so much to discuss, uh, and that will involve weather as well because of New York and Toy Fair always being interesting with the weather. Yes. And of course, as you know, everywhere you go, you take the weather with you. That's true. So uh, that'll be a great story, but. In the meantime, we're going to kick some of the convo. That means conversation. That's Is that more that parlance you were talking about earlier? It's youth slang for 
oh. conversation. So we're going to, in the meantime, we're going to kick the convo off with a bunch of stuff, starting with something I like to call what we're excited about. Oh, yeah. And we've been doing this bit on the show now, I think, 17 years? Yeah, yeah. It's one of our oldest running features. One of our oldest features, and it, it just never get. It's the, it's the old feature that never gets old. That's, that's right. Uh, but we like to we like to do it every every issue, and have our our good pal Daniel Pickett lead the charge. And I think now would be a good time to do that very thing again. All right, I'm hey, ready. Daniel Pickett, what are you excited about? Well, you know, it's again, it's been a while since we've talked. Right. It's I think it has been a month between episodes now. Actually, I think you're right. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that, that has come out in the world. There's a lot of stuff we saw at Toy Fair. But the thing I'm excited about is something that happens next week, I believe. Yes. And that is Daredevil coming out on the Netflix from Marvel Studios. They've been teasing us a lot. They've released, like, motion posters and a couple of images. Yeah. And now we've got a great new trailer yes. that looks dynamite. Uh, I have talked to a couple of insiders that uh, have either worked on the project or work for Netflix and such, and they all say it is going to knock our socks off. Wow! Which, you know, for Daredevil, I am ready for that. And that, which is exactly why I've been wearing two pairs of socks of late. Right, because you're going to miss one. Yeah, exactly. They're just gone. Uh, I think the new trailer looks great. Um, I like this kid. I say kid, but, you know, he just he looks young. But um, I loved him in Stardust which I think is a very underrated, fun little little movie, if anybody hasn't seen it, um, based on the Neil Gaiman uh, book. Uh, he was the lead in that, and at that point, I think he was pretty much unknown, I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and I've seen him in things, you know, since, but um, I, I like his, his style. I like his look. He is handsome, but not, like, conventionally handsome. Um it's another Brit doing an American, but that seems to be pretty much, you know. Is he a Brit or is he an Irish? Epidemic. I thought he was British. Is he, is he uh, Irish? Well, he was he was Irish on uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh yeah, so he was on. Figured that was. Yeah, I saw him on that. I don't know if that was his real. I'm gonna uh, look him up while you tell us. Dalek or dialect or if that was actually him. He's a Dalek. He's a dialect uh, too. Tell us while I look him up. Why don't you tell us what about what's getting you excited? Because I forget, like in the in the in the scheme of Marvel titles and characters, where does he fall for you in popularity? Is he right up there with you know Dazzler for you or what? Yeah, he's pretty. He's well, you know, he's not quite Speedball, but uh, he's up there, <laughs> right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Frank Miller stuff that he did back in the day was. You know, for a kid growing up reading comics, that was heavy stuff, and I've read that yeah. whole that whole run several times over. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, we've we've had some some missteps with the character, okay. with the old Bill Bixby TV movie, and then you know the Affleck film not didn't quite live up to all our expectations. Yeah, let's get to that. What did you? What did? Because you that was a there was a lot of hate for that as it was in development and when it came out. I mean, it was right around that time that Affleck had become sort of ubiquitous between his own stuff 
and you know Jennifer Lopez or you know J Lo. She's just Jenny from the block. Jenny from the block, whatever she was that that week. Um, and being, he, didn't he show up in one of her music videos too? I think that might have been the like case. On a yeah. yacht or something. So he was ripe for people to start punching him in the face. Um, and so there wasn't a huge amount of Affleck love going around at the, at the time. That couldn't have, those things couldn't have helped. Um, yeah. Where do you fall on that? How do you feel about that movie overall? I mean, I, I didn't hate it. I wasn't angry at it, uh-huh. but it just sort of fell short. Okay. It was it was better than the, the first uh, or the second Punisher, depending on where you count the Dolph Lundgren one. Uh, I remember I saw it, I got to see it at an early screening in Pasadena, and I saw it with Eddie Wires and Phil Ramirez. We went together and like had dinner and then watched Daredevil. Actually, we saw Daredevil and then we went to dinner and we're kind of like, ooh, that was, that was not the Daredevil film we were hoping for. It was a little tough. Yeah, it's, um... Well, and uh, there were certain things they got right. Yeah. But overall, it just kind of fell flat. Was it an R? I don't think it... Well, I don't know. I don't want to speak too soon. I can't remember now. I think it was. And it was, um... You know. There's been a lot of sleeps for me between now and then. <laughs> well, what's the... who? You know, Colin... Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was bullseye. And he was... To say he was chewing the scenery, it's like... <laughs> again, understatement of the... I mean, he wasn't chewing the scenery. He was eating wallpaper, like, on camera, you yeah. know. Um, Michael Clark Duncan. Yes, has the Kingpin. Rest in peace as Kingpin. So it looks like it was PG-13, 2003. Yeah, see, I thought so. I thought it was. Came out on Valentine's Day. That's um, the movie you want yeah. to take your, your yeah. Valentine to. And her. Uh, Jennifer Gardner, his, his now wife. From the other block. Yes. Um, I've never been a Jennifer Garner fan. I gotta tell you. Really? Yeah, I'll tell you something, and uh, I don't think I'm alone in saying this. I think when she gets all gussied up, she starts to kind of look like a, a transgender. What? Yeah, yeah. She's got a tough, tough face. Those. I don't. She's constantly frowning. The the eyebrows are constantly in a frown. She's a little pouty. And pouty, and that big mouth is always in that sort of. I'm gonna have to yell at someone soon. She's you know looks looks kind of aggravated all the time. Uh, so she kind of bugs me anyway. But this thing, um, you know, the, and didn't she get a, she got a, she got her own, wait a minute, yeah. Yeah, Spoiler. 2005, she got Electra. Spoilers, but something happened to her in the film. But then she got, she went off and got her own film. Correct. She didn't do another Daredevil, but she got her own thing. I just saw, the, I finally saw the Electra movie last year. And? Not great. Yeah. It's, it's not the kind of character you want to, you know, part pair with like a kid sidekick and to be. Oh, that's right. You know. She's, she's not that. I forgot about that. But it did have Terrence Stamp. And uh, yes. I always say that whatever it is, it it gets me, it, you know, it, it, it goes up just a slight percentage for me because it's got Terrence Stamp in it. He's not going to save whatever it is, right. but he'll keep me interested for a few extra minutes. But that's it. You know, that's that's all I got from him. Yeah. Um, well, that's exciting. I'm excited about that too. I'm not going to co-opt your 
what you're excited about, but good. And that that was also uh, just real quick, Daredevil. That was the, that was the first time that old uh, John Favreau was tied to a Marvel film because uh, okay. he was he was Foggy he Nelson. Was Foggy Nelson. That's right. That's right. And he did he have a background with with Affleck before that? I forget what they did. They have a history or anything? I don't know if they did or not at that <clears throat> point. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I didn't I didn't mean to derail you. What are you excited? You did, about? but now I forgot what it was. But I was going to say something else about the Daredevil film. Oh, and then we okay, we so. also got we didn't get. It's funny how sometimes what films or what franchises get either an action figure or a full line of stuff <clears throat> and which ones get ignored completely. Daredevil got ignored completely just about, except they stuck in a, a, a Daredevil movie, Daredevil action figure in that particular wave of Marvel Legends. You remember that? We got two. We got the the six inch, then we got a 12 inch one. Did also. we get a 12 inch one? Yeah. Now, in that Marvel Studios line they started. So it was, a, a, you know, highly articulated uh, 12-inch figure? Yeah, with a, with a sort of pleather costume. and I don't think I remember that, but I remember the, the, the Marvel Legends one because, you know, slightly incongruous because of, you know, how where it sort of fell in there, and it was based on this movie. It's the only thing that got made, you know, from this, from this movie. But um, it only had, like you know, six points of articulation or something. Do you remember that? It shared parts with that very first Red Skull figure. That was it. Yeah. That was it. Had a great base, though, that stained glass window. Yeah, like, so he could sort of seem like he was sort of hanging off the the window or just about to bust out of it or something. I don't know. It was so long ago. I don't remember. (laughs) Um... Well, what am I excited about? I am excited. I've been, I've been. Uh, this happens every now and then. Um, get on a, I get on a music kick, and um, I either have my little list of like, well, I gotta. There's four or five here. I gotta load in. You know, I gotta, I gotta get from iTunes. Because I'm still that guy. I'm still not the guy that like, you know, picks picks out iTunes stuff in his sleep and just you know, blah, 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 blah. you know I'm not Captain Technology. So it's still a big deal for me to to download fresh albums or material from iTunes because I know that I'm always just like one little keystroke away from destroying everything, either killing the internet or wiping out a hard drive or I don't know what. So I've got a couple of hard drives filled with my, filled with music. Um, and you know, depending on which one you hook up then you can go through it and go, Oh, I forgot I had this stuff. And, Started loading that in, but at the same time, I I was either pre-ordering stuff on iTunes or ordered a couple of things. But mainly, the one that's got me most excited is Noel Gallagher, formerly of Oasis, uh, you know, <clears throat> songwriter, guitarist, sometime lead vocalist of Oasis. Um, it's his second solo record, and he's he's going by the name Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. And this new album is called Chasing Tomorrow, I believe it's called, but not with a question mark the way I just did it with the question mark. <laughs> is he the reasonable brother or the unreasonable He's brother? He's the reasonable brother. Okay. He's the reasonable brother who put up with the unreasonable one 
slash the crazy one uh, much, much longer than anyone thought any human could ever take that craziness, you know? Right. And he walked in 2009, said, that's him, and do it. And you know, he, was the, he was the songwriter. All the hits, it all came from him. So it was never going to be an issue if and when he decided to take off that he would start singing himself and doing things. And the first album got very good reviews. The second one has just gotten ecstatic reviews across the board. And it's, it's, a, it's a really, really good record. But if you're, if you're a fan of his stuff, um, you know, uber fan of Oasis or slight fan of Oasis or however it is, you're going to be pleasantly surprised by this, this record. Uh, okay. Just the, the way he's, writing stuff and uh, you know he's one of those he's becoming one of those connoisseurs of music and dipping into all kinds of different materials and uh you know expanding his horizons and by that i mean you know having a saxophone on a couple of tracks <laughs> i know it's unheard funny, of but that's a that's a huge deal where the, the noel gallagher of 20 years ago wouldn't even joke about having a saxophone on his record. Uh, so it's a great album. Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds, Chasing... Did I say Chasing Tomorrow? Chasing Yesterday, I think it's called. Uh, and it's really good. It's really good. Okay. You know, check out a few tracks on, on YouTube, and if you, if you like, keep going. Um, and I got the new uh, Gruff Ries, who's lead singer of Super Furry Animals, the new Charlatans, um, who else? A couple others, I think, are on, like, <clears throat> back order or they're about to be released or something. And then at the same time, I went through the hard drive and just thought, oh, that might be fun, or oh, I'll take that, or oh. And some stuff is just like, I didn't even know I had this, or like, this is so cheesy, oh my gosh, I have to have it. And didn't we talk on the show about the... Document the HBO documentary on the band Genesis. Yes, we did. Did you see the documentary? Uh, I saw part of it. Yeah. Were you ever a Genesis guy or? Not really. Yeah. Uh, well, but we all know how massive Phil Collins was. Yes. Especially in the eighties. That's that's mostly why I was not a fan of Genesis. Right. And you're not alone. You're not alone. But by '85, he had put out three solo records. The first two, the, the first one has, you know, that song in the air tonight. That was the biggest thing off of it. Um, first two do well, but the third one, which was called no jacket required. I mean, it was huge. It was like, I think it was like album of the year. We were talking about that Genesis documentary and I had pointed out that it was really, really strange how, you know, they, there's a whole section that somehow seems to get omitted in this documentary, and that's the no jacket required. Like, you couldn't spit. You would hit a Phil Collins song that was, like, going top five. And this, But it seems like part of that was left out in the part I saw. They, they did not seem to be happy with the fact that he was taking material and doing it by himself. Well, there were some things that I guess he had played for the band. Uh-huh that they thought were going to be Genesis songs oh. that he then kind of kept for himself and then were huge hits. Interesting. That's, I don't yeah. that, but 
we should have seen more of that or gotten more more background on that because there's a <clears throat> that's a great story you know and 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 it seemed to make uh everyone uncomfortable talking about it. well there were i did notice that there were some weird <laughs> in the room kind of kind of moments but you know you can't make a documentary like that about this massive band in the 80s and the craziness that went on and his huge, huge, huge solo career and then just not talk about it, not show a video or whatever. It was weird. I remember watching it going, boy, something's missing here. So no, no jacket required. There it was in the hard drive. I'm like, I'm going to put that in the iPod and give that a spin. I'll bet I haven't heard this record since... Well, I bet it's been 30 years since I've heard this record. I don't know if I've ever heard a more 80s sounding album ever yeah. than No Jacket Required. Whether it's the synth or the... <laughs> drums. Right. I don't know what. It just sounds like the whole thing you could fit it into a thimble and it's just 80s 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 all 80s all, the all time. 80s all the time well as you recall back in the 80s there were entire radio stations devoted to just playing those three albums <laughs> pretty much you couldn't turn the radio on without hearing a phil collins song. and then then the next thing that happened was invisible touch which is was always my code word for bad touch that right. album came out and I had to stop using it. Um, do you remember that record? That was mega. Yeah. So here he is doing this no jacket required thing and he's hottest ticket in town. And then the Genesis record happens and well, you know, all bets are off. It's a pretty, it's a pretty big deal. So it's true. Yeah. So I'm excited about new music all the time. Lots of stuff, more stuff we can talk about or other things that I, I picked up here and there. But uh, I'm in one of those music moods, sampling stuff all the time and wanting to hear more, more, more. Yeah. Uh, I love it. Um, so, yeah. Tell me more, if you would, about this little thing. Because we had a great show before you left, didn't we? No, you're thinking of someone else. I was going to say, I'd like to <laughs> think that we did, but maybe, maybe I'm wrong in that assumption. Of course we did. Of course we That did. was a great show because it, it, it took us into the kitchen, kind of. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. showed us a, a bit more, or I think showed the audience a bit more, of how things are made and... You know, a little, little bit of the behind, the, behind the scenes, here's, here's how you make logs and sausages. Right. So, you know, but, and, but it, there were some ugly there, too. There were some, you know what if it never gets made kind of questions. And we talked about that stuff. So now here we are on the other side. <clears throat> You've come out the other end. If you forgive the disgusting metaphor, you come out the other end of uh, another New York toy fair. Yes. And I'll bet you there's a bunch of people that want to know more. They want to hear, you know, how you, how you come down off of a trip like that. What do you do? I post a lot of pictures. Yeah? Uh, you know, because I, I took, I don't know, a good 3,000 pictures or so. You did not. Oh, yeah. You did? Oh, yeah. How on earth do you go through 
that many photographs. It's it's real easy. If you're taking, you know, single shots of one thing and then big group shots of the yeah. Well, but I mean it's yeah, I suppose. And it's just you, right? Like is is Abby right there with you, uh sort of editing with you, trying to streamline this stuff, or are you just kinda on your own? No, she she went with me, so uh she does all the video content. Right. But but then we also picked up a, a second camera so that th- there were times when I would, you know, be interviewing people or going through the, the booth and she would just go behind us and shoot what she could. So, yeah, she was invaluable. I I could not have done all that by myself. Oh, Abby, you're listening, I know. She Thanks, is. Abby. Thanks for being you. Uh, so, yeah, she it's it's a tremendous amount of work, you know, and, and very exhausting. So... Well, but she had some fun there, too. Well, let's talk about know, the fun that she had, and let's talk about um, some of the stuff that got you jazzed or that you were surprised by or anything. We talked about how excited you you still get about New York Toy Fair and why. So maybe you can come out the, the other side of it and tell us, you know, give us some examples of just why you still get such a thrill. Uh, well, you know, it's just it's it's always fun being surprised and, and there's still surprises to be had at, at toy okay. fair. And, and there are things that sometimes there's even things that you know about, right. uh, that you are surprised when you see them in person, how much they delight. Okay. You. And I think the first thing I saw like that was the Scooby-Doo Lego sets. Okay. Like I was a marginal Scooby-Doo fan. I've, you know, I've, I've seen them all, but I, I don't, like collect a lot of Scooby-Doo or, you know, I don't go back and rewatch them or anything. Right. It's just, you know, it's, it's right. great. And this was the, I, I walk in and see that those sets and it's like, hold on, the mayor's yeah, calling Yeah, what's me. going on? Are you in trouble? I don't, I don't know what's going on. There's something ringing in this room that I don't know what it is. Uh, so yeah, but seeing those sets with the, with the ghosts and stuff right. those were so awesome i i cannot wait to get those sets cool very cool but you're i mean you're a lego guy so so um you're excited you know like you say you you know scooby you're familiar but because it's lego it's like makes you a bit more excited does that make sense I, I, we've talked about it before. I've, I've played all the, the Lego games, and, uh, you know, I, I collect a, f- a fair amount of Lego. I try and kind of stick to the minifigures. I get some sets. They're just... I don't have anywhere to display uh-huh. them. So it's always like you buy the set and you build it, and you go, oh, that was great. Then you go, well, no, what, where do I do right. this? You just kind of take it back apart and put it in a Ziploc bag and put it in the storage unit right, or something. Right. So. That, that's kind of the the love hate. So if you just collect the minifigures, it's like, oh, this is awesome. But you know those those castles that they're making, and like the the mummy's tomb and the the mystery machine, like ridiculous. I was so struck, like standing there, like this just feels like the perfect marriage of a license and Lego. Oh, nice. That's that's so. pretty hard hearty endorsement. I'd say that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else was I a big fan of? I got, I got to check my notes. Did you get any, when you told us your stories, um, about past years and in, in regards to Legos in particular, was there, you talked about, you know, the giveaways and the fun little tchotchkes. Was there something, um, that everyone was, was getting for free this, this year? 
So this year they did, uh, they gave it, you know, a bag. It had, the, instead of it being, normally they give you like a big catalog, this big spiral bound okay. thing that, you know, weighs six pounds that you got to carry around <laughs> all day because, you know, the Lego appointment is at 7 a.m. Uh-huh. So you've got a full day ahead of you carrying that thing. This year they put it on a Lego flash drive, which was great. So God bless them nice. for that. It, uh, the, uh, they, oh, wait, but is it like a little character kind of thing, you mean? No, it's it's like the the two by six brick. Okay, it's a flash it. drive gotcha. uh, on a little lanyard. Uh-huh. But they they did make a poster. They only made a hundred of them. That was Star Wars characters A to Z. So there was Ooh, one cool. you know, like Akbar, you know, through I can't remember Zuckus. Uh-huh. Uh, and so there was one uh, character for each letter and stuff. So that that was kind of the the rare thing. There was not a uh, a, a Toy Fair set or figure. This gotcha. Time. Okay, that sounds fun. Um, yeah. Anything else? Anybody? Um, anybody surprise you, or any titles or new things that you sort of heard about just there that get you get your juices flowing? Uh, I like the uh, the guys the guys at uh, EMC Toys who mostly do Remigo stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, are doing they're branching out and 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 teaming up with Diamond and they're doing some cool like little green army men. Oh yeah, this is, I saw some of this stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, which I, I thought was well, great. Doing, you know, the little, aren't they doing it like in in terms of you know alien and stuff? Like they're doing it's yeah they're doing aliens versus colonial marines, yeah. uh, universal monsters versus angry villagers, and Ghostbusters versus ghosts. Nice. So yeah, that, that's fun little but stuff. This, didn't someone attempt something similar or show prototypes or maybe it came to market, but wasn't, was it Palisades or someone that did something similar where they were doing like army men style colonial Marines with aliens and stuff. I recall a big display at either Comic-Con or Toy Fair, but I thought it was like Palisades. Does that ring any bells? Uh, That doesn't jump to mind, but it's possible. Yeah. It's just something about this seems Tad familiar. I know, uh, like General Giant has done some Walking Dead green armor, right? Men, uh, which are which are cool. That, uh, I would, um, you know, we got to talk about that too. The whole alien thing. While we're on such a subject, uh, you know the the possibility of you know what might be happening in that story, the next alien film. But those looked fun. Yeah, there was. You know, I'm not being cynical about Toy Fair. It's just that it's it's hard sometimes to be shocked or surprised or get excited. Sometimes for me, it's like um, I want to see more interesting things or different things. I keep going back to it, like, and not to put too fine a point here or, again, I'm not saying something negative or shining a negative light, but, you know, when, when Super 7... When it was Super 7 and, and Funko doing the 79 Alien action figure wave with the early mm-hmm. bird kit and the pro- unpainted prototypes and special, you know, colored card borders and all that shit, that was, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you agree that that was one of the highlights of like the past decade of just things happening at Comic-Con? Yeah, yeah. It was just so refreshing. I want to yeah. see more stuff like that, and I don't. I don't see it enough. I feel, but I get 
<laughs> yeah, I just they probably wouldn't do that at Toy Fair though, just because it's more for buyers. No, you know what and I mean? stuff. Like, like you would want to roll I that don't mean out. That specifically, I mean an announcement yeah, yeah. that's like, you know, the equivalent or something similar, where you go, "Holy cow, they're doing that!" You yeah. know, which I understand because you know if you, if you go, "Oh, here we go, Terminator again," you know, there's a reason because the stuff you know sells. It you know it must move because people keep licensing it and. And there's a new movie. There's a new movie. Like, is there a toy line coming out for that, by the way? Not that I've heard yet. Uh, I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the show. I think we might have talked about that trailer. Did we talk about that trailer? I know it was on the list, but I'm not sure if we ever got to it. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm there. I'm I'm ready for this thing. Again, I say that I I don't find Terminator. What's the third one called? Uh, Terminator, Terminator 3? 3. I don't find it to be a travesty. It's not good. I find Salvation to be just cringeworthy. Like, just it's hard to get the, the words out of my mouth. Um, that whole mess. Whatever. What I'm saying is, you know, just the, whatever the gist of this story is in this trailer is enough for me to go, well, that already looks more interesting or better than the last handful of things that we've gotten from this, this franchise. Right. Um, and there were actual moments in it where I went, ooh, that looks kind of fun. I don't know what... Right. Like, I, and the other thing is I walked away going, I don't know what they're going to do. I have no idea how they're going to tie this all in. It looks, it looks like it's... It almost looks like it's all happening on the very night that Kyle Reese came back. It looks right. like it's just one big all-night... Raising Arizona shopping spree kind of thing that's just going to get mental all happening at, in one night. That's what it looks like to me. But well, and we know that it's it's current day Arnold meeting 1985 Arnold. Right. Yes. Which that that's a technology that has been kicked around in Hollywood for 20 years at well, least. Well, we talked about this. You you that one yeah yeah Gemini, old Gemini yeah. man. Yeah, you were yeah. there, right? You were at Disney, I think, when it was sort of being. Developed yep. or something? Yep. Um, and we got some of that, you know, in Tron. Yes. Tron Legacy. Yes. Oh, oh another announcement we got to talk about. We got a lot to cover. So I there's know. a great little segue right there. Uh, Harrison Ford. Wait, how did I make this segue? Go back. What did I just. He's not in Tron Legacy. I think you were going to say there's a third Tron. There movie. is, but just before that, you said, oh, the Gemini Man. Because the Gemini yes. Man, the gist of it was. Uh, and Looper. But it's just, but different actors. But the the gist of of Gemini Man would have been the younger version of it's going to be Mel Gibson at the time. Is what and Harrison at. Ford. His name got thrown around as well. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been, you know, let's just say fifty five year old Harrison Ford, and then a thirty five year old Harrison Ford comes back and hunts him down. I think that's how it worked. Something like yeah. that. Um. So whatever the story was, but the reason I bring it in is because in the past week or so, we, we've lost an absolute you know, face on the Mount Rushmore of geekdom uh, actor in Leonard Nimoy. We lost him. Everyone knew he was sick for a long time, but I think we still thought he was going to be immortal or something. And we nearly lost an icon of our childhood, just the, the just the slight generation after Nimoy's geek idolatry. Uh, Harrison Ford 
apparently did this expert maneuver and landed his little. He either came back through time from World War Two, that plane <laughs> went through a wormhole, or, or he was chasing the Red Baron. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly. Or he was just out having a good time, and I don't know if he, you know, the brakes went out or what happened. But apparently he was he did the only thing he could, and everyone's saying that he was a genius the way he landed this freaking thing. But he got pretty banged up. I heard it was Gremlins, <laughs> and that's another theory that there was. I heard it no was World War II era gremlin. No one can agree if it was furry suit, pajama clad gremlins from the early 60s or right. early 80s gremlins who were much more violent and angry. I think it was uh, like the 40s gremlins, you know, with the goggles and the wing, <laughs> the wing ears coming off the their head. The big hats. red nose. Yeah. yeah. I think those were the, I think that's what he had a bad case So of. we nearly lost. We nearly lost, it would have been a hell of a way to go, but we nearly lost Harris Ford. He, I think he broke his pelvis. He got pretty banged up. Yeah, but uh, the, like the early reports yeah. were critically right. wounded is what everyone was right. saying. And then it was, you know, severely wounded, and then it was moderately, and then his son was like, hey, I'm at the hospital now. Right. He's banged up. He's and then, right. it, then before long it became, well, Brian Williams says, and then there were all these, these horrible <laughs> tweets about Brian Williams being there, <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to be a punchline being for a at while. The crash site, so yeah, so let's talk about Nimoy because I have to say, you know, when this happens to us and these things happen, you know, we all we all make our own personal connections. Obviously, we weren't friends with this man, and you know, we we didn't go deep uh, into a history of friendship. We didn't know the guy, but when things like this happen, uh, you know, this one affected me again. We're not talking about curled up in the fetal position, you know, can't speak to people type effectiveness. But it did affect me in a way that I didn't quite expect. I didn't think it was going to hit me the way that it did. But I think for some reason, because he, you know, being such a prominent character and such a huge part of our childhoods, that it doesn't mean the same thing if it was, no no offense, but I'm just saying, you know, if it was Nichelle Nichols or whoever, it's still a big deal. It's a big part of that. But he is, he is one of the Mount Rushmore faces, you know. Um, and it was, uh, you know, it was going to happen, but uh, still very sad. Yeah, he had gone into the hospital the Thursday before with chest pain. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been it's been a tough couple of weeks actually. Mm. You know, with the, the Nimoy thing, certainly uh, was was a, a punch. Uh, Terry Pratchett passed away. The Terry Pratchett thing, I just go, is that directly from Alzheimer's? Is that what, you know, cause he was up until 66, up until not too long ago, though, he was doing interviews and, and um, was talking about, like in SFX, he guest edited an issue not too long ago. And he yeah. was talking about, he made these great analogies as to how the brain is deteriorating and what exercises he's doing to keep it fresh, and so on. Um, so was this, I, I don't know enough about when it gets life-threatening like that. Is that what, what happened? Did he, did, did he have a heart attack or something? Like what, it was, it was directly due to the Alzheimer's. That, that, that's how he I, I've not, I've not heard the, you know, if they said a, a direct correlation okay. yet. Okay. He had rear brain Alzheimer's, which is a little different than front brain 
the front brain is where you you know lose people and time and and places. Rear brain, he he loses sort of depth perception and coordination and stuff. And he was a big big proponent uh, once he was diagnosed of you know being able to humanely end his own life yes. or have his family assist and yes. and not have them prosecuted. Yeah. And you know, did a lot of lobbying about that, a lot of writing uh, about that. Uh, and, you know, he, uh, thank goodness it did not come to that. Right. But, but they have completely you know, ruled was, that they made a statement like day of saying, you know, just for the, you know, for the record, for everyone, so everyone knows this was not that situation. It was not an assisted suicide. Yeah. He didn't take his own life, etc. Yeah, just happened, happened in his sleep. Yeah. But... Yeah. Terrific, terrific writer. I You're mean, a big fan I've of read the, a ton of it. Oh, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Did you follow that stuff? Yep. Maybe I did, tell yep. folks. I, I don't know if a lot of people know who Pratchett was because he was he was very, very hugely popular and very well known. But in America versus Great Britain, I mean, he was a household name in Great Britain in that yeah. world, in the sci-fi world. But I don't think enough people really knew who, know who he is here. So, can you tell everybody what he's best known for and what what you dig? Sure. I mean, the the first time I ever became aware of him was because I was a big Neil Gaiman and, and Sandman fan. He and Neil Gaiman wrote a book together called Good Omens. Oh, yeah. Good good and Nicely Prophecy of Agnes Nutter, which I think was the full title. That's the one that, isn't that the one that Terry Gilliam tried making into a miniseries for years? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's a great little book, you know, not spoilers or anything, but the, just a hilarious premise of, uh, the Antichrist comes back or comes to Earth a, as a baby, and the babies get switched. Okay. So the Antichrist is being raised by the sort of normal family in the suburbs and exerting strange powers that he doesn't understand over, like, the neighborhood kids, whereas this normal kid is being raised by a cult of satanic nuns as the Antichrist, and he's not doing well. Uh, and in the midst of all this, there there is a, an angel and a demon that know that when the Antichrist comes back, the gig is up and, you know, their whole purpose is over. So they're kind of messing with stuff to make sure that they get to stick around a bit longer. Well, so, that, I mean, but, again, for people that may not really know who he is or the vibe, his a lot of his stuff, uh, it could be very serious and dark. Uh, as well, but he did have a, a tongue-in-cheek vibe to his to his writing. It was very comical and very funny. His like his characters, yeah. and so who would you sort of compare if people were wanting to sort of you know dip their, their toe in the in the in the hot tub? Uh, is there anyone that you could sort of compare him to? Or well, I'd say he was more sort of a you know D and D fantasy Douglas Adams. Mm-hmm. You know, Douglas Adams had a tendency to write more science fiction and. Right. Uh, the Discworld thing was this more sort of medieval universe uh, that the premise was the whole world was a big flat disc that rode around on the back of this giant turtle right. that circled the sun. Right. Uh, there's a great, one of my favorite, I think the first book of his that I read for the Discworld was one called Mort, which was about this really gawky, awkward kid that he said was sort of made up out of leftover elbows and knees uh, who everyone had to, when they hit 15, go be an apprentice with some trade in the town. And the, you know, the guy 
the guy's Mort's dad took him and, you know, no one really wanted him as the apprentice and he was getting ready to sort of go home dejected and death showed up the personification of death and hired him to be death's apprentice and kind of showed him the ropes. And then death goes on vacation and leaves, leaves this kid to, you know, kind of fend for himself. So there's just hilarious, you know, passages of death, like relaxing on the beach, you know, it's just really, really funny stuff. And, and he really, you know, you talk about him being serious. He sort of understood that you can still be, the the opposite of funny isn't serious. Mm-hmm. The opposite of funny is not funny. Right. So you could still be serious and and very very funny. And he he really he really captured that. Yeah, it was, and he was very prolific. I mean, he wrote a lot of books. It was a huge yes. uh, mosaic. Um, and he had a you know a ton of fans. You know, guys like Neil Gaiman and. Terry Gilliam and Terry Jones of Monty Python were, were big fans of his stuff. Um, yeah, that's very sad. No, he's uh, he's a he's a big name, a big uh, big genre name. Um, so, yeah. and then then kind of on a on a more personal note, hitting closer to home, as in people that I did mm-hmm. know. Uh, on the same day that Leonard Nimoy passed away, my buddy Jay West passed away. And so a lot of people in the in the you know the the geek world and stuff knew Jay. Uh, he was a pretty big presence. He wrote for a lot of different websites behind the marquee. He wrote for the New York or the L.A. Times uh, Hero Complex, and he had just a massive collection of stuff you couldn't believe, uh, from the 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 minuscule to the enormous. So he had like one of the doors. From Alien Three, he had like full size aliens. He lived here uh-huh. in L.A. Uh, he lived downtown, and he was at every every single event that was here. He was at you know if there was any sort of screening or anything. Man, Jay was there. He was he was a little bit older than me. He was also from Oklahoma. He had been out here a little longer than I had. Uh, I, I met him probably. I don't know, three years ago for the first time. Uh, uh, we talked online all the time. And, and he, you know, he was, he, he was just, you know, he, his gears synced up to a lot of ours. He loved Tron uh, more than maybe anyone uh, I know, uh, to, to the point where Bruce Boxleitner wrote a eulogy for Jay when he found out, uh, on his Facebook oh, page. Cool. I mean, uh, yeah. Was I mean, he, Jay. Had he, had he but, been sick? He had been a little sick since Christmas, yeah, but it was still kind of a. I, I didn't. I don't think any of us knew he was that sick. Uh, so it was a real surprise. But you know the uh, the the joke uh, of people that knew him was sort of like he was made sure he was on the bus next to Nimoy on the way to heaven, you know, to to talk to him about stuff. But he was he was a pop culture archaeologist because he had a love of this from almost when he was mm-hmm. born. His collection and his Facebook page, he would just he would do these themed weeks and he would do like Tron or Black Hole or you know Ralph Bashke stuff and he clipped everything out of the newspaper as a kid. Uh, every TV guide, every newspaper, he just had everything. Uh, stuff that you didn't even know existed like there was there was that year that uh, Spin Master put out that Tron 
figure in the in the box that yes, looked like did. the arcade That was Comic Con 2010. Their two exclusives were the miniature arcade game. It looked like an arcade, you know, a replica of the arcade game for Tron. And inside was a non-posable sort of statue of Box Lightner, you know, reaching for the disc above his head, like on the movie poster. And when you yes. press the button in front, it lit up for a few seconds. And then the other, they also had uh, 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 a light cycle die cast in special packaging from Tron Legacy. Uh, I was, so that, those were the two exclusives. I literally just dug those out a couple of days ago as I'm going through stuff because I'm selling a bunch of shit on eBay. Un- unbeknownst to most of us, you know, w- with that Tron yeah. set, you push the button and he would light up blue like, you know, the yes. character. They made 25 of them where you push the button and he lights up red like no. the poster. Yes. No. And Jay found that out, and Jay had one of those. I didn't know yeah. that. I'd never heard that. <laughs> I hadn't That's either. Cool. I mean, he was just, he was a treasure trove of that stuff, and just such a nice guy. He always just wanted to talk about pop uh-huh. culture. And just, you know, a, a beautiful, beautiful soul. He's got two, uh, one of his sons is 23, the other is 18. They both lived with him, you know. Year so. old kid? Yeah. Good gravy. What? So, very, very sorry to hear about the passing of Jay West. Dynamite, dynamite guy. They've left his his Facebook page open. He kind of looks so, familiar. Uh, I think I might have. I'm pretty sure I, I had met him. You probably yeah. had. Well, he was, you know, he was, he was at every convention, hmm. you know, everything in L.A. There's, I don't think there's any way for those of us that like this sort of thing that you didn't run into Jay somewhere. And I just, I literally talked to him. Like four days before he oh, passed away, yeah. he wrote to me and was like, "How was Toy Fair? What was what's going on?" Oh, bless him. Well, and he was he was asking about, "Oh, are you getting ready for, you know, signing up for Comic Con and the pro badge thing?" Wow, that's yeah, heartbreaking. So. Well, you know, condolences to his family and to everyone that knew him, and um, I hope that he's not suffering and he's just, you know, in a. I know it's cliche, but that he's in a better place and. Um, you know, happy, find some, some happiness wherever he, he may be. That's too bad. It's very sad. Um, well, speaking of, uh, geekness and comic books and comic book world and all that stuff, uh, Alex Ross, maybe twice a year, maybe three times a year, he lets stuff pile up that he needs to send me long enough that when he does send something, Finally, the box itself is about 70 pounds worth of, you know, books and materials and and everything. Um, He shipped something to me a while ago, like like October or something. Um, Long story short, when we eventually were kind of like, yeah, I don't know where it is. Turned out he'd sent it to my old address. And once that happened, it didn't just come directly back to him uh, in Chicago. It I don't know where it went, but it made its way. I mean, he and his wife spent like six weeks trying to track this thing down. It eventually turned back up at their place a month and a half ago, whatever it was. He went through it, threw a few other things in, repackaged it, and uh, and sent it off to the correct address. And I just got it uh, 
beginning of last week. But I was mainly interested because his little girl did a drawing of the Beatles for me. She wanted to specifically add something to the gift package and drew a beautiful little portraits of the Fab Four, which is awesome. But he also sent me this just this stack of stuff. So he sent me all of the sketchbooks, the Alex Ross sketchbooks from, it looks like 2003. This is all from Comic-Con. So like right. from 2003 up to 2014, um, there's a couple other hardback you know versions of things. He did a couple of uh, trade paperbacks at this point of Six Million Dollar Man, another one for Battlestar Galactica, a classic uh, sort of sequel story, a couple of Flash Gordon ones, which are fun because you can tell with his designs that he is made this version and these characters and their outfits be a sort of amalgam of of all these different versions of Flash Gordon that came before, whether it's the animated series or the movie or the original strip or whatever. So that's been fun to, to read and, and look at. Um, and then he also sent me a little, little baby alien, uh, and it's like a little black version of Giger's alien, but it's like Lego style. It's got Lego oh, okay. legs and and little holes in the, in the the same little Lego legs that all Lego Lego people do, and um, it's uh, <laughs> but it's an alien. Um, okay. Uh, hold on, just one second. All right. What? Are you coming? Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Well, while he's away, we can talk about other things, like toy stuff. Toy things like uh, Hot Toys announced the Hulkbuster Iron Man. Yes. Which is, which is a, a gigantic piece, uh, a hulking piece, as uh, it were. I see what you did there. What do you think the price on that, that sucker um, would be? I'm going to say, and I'm not being funny, I am going yep. to say conservatively seven hundred and fifty dollars. Higher eight hundred and fifty dollars. It's about that, yeah. I'm going to say something. Okay. And it's probably not going to make me very popular. But well, you're not popular. To yeah, begin because with. I speak the truth. Because everyone else is afraid. <laughs> um, you know, nothing against them. I think they make some beautiful stuff. If I had the bread and the space, would I be scooping it all up? Eh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes I look at it and it's so delicate that I'm afraid to look at it because it's going to break. It's like just so, you know, the one thing I've got, and I think this was Enter Bay? Was either Enter Bay or okay. Hot Toys. I think I've talked about this. I've got the 12-inch uh, Marlon Brando as Don Corleone from... Godfather Hot 1. Hot Toys, it's gorgeous. I mean, yep. it is literally, I've never seen a sculpt before or since that betters this thing. It looks like it just walked right out of the film and into your life. It's gorgeous, beautiful, um, but it's still not on display because I'm afraid it's going to fall down and, you know, get destroyed. But I'm just saying, they do beautiful stuff, and it's high-end and whatever, but, man, they're, they're making a killing. Because I, 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 I'm telling you, you know, if something retails for 
one of these things is retailing for like six fifty or whatever, or five hundred for just a twelve inch figure. <clears throat> I hate to break it to the world, but you know the budget on that thing it, it probably costs about twelve dollars total. And that's <laughs> this might be a little more. And than that's 12, adding but... in license fee and everything else that they have to. Uh, I mean, part of it is like, well, that's you know why the the run is so limited because it's going to be so pricey and blah blah blah. But uh, they're making a killing on this stuff. And if somebody could come around tomorrow, do the exact same thing at half the price, we wouldn't be talking about hot toys anymore. I promise you that. <laughs> uh, again, that's not taken away from it. And it's I, if people dig it and that's what they want to spend their money on, by all means, go right ahead. But there's so much other stuff out there that's fun to look at and play with. Um, I feel like with hot toys, you really have to pick and choose. What you're what you're doing here? Um, so there's there's that. But um, first off, I feel like there's been a bit of a drought out there. Like we're on the cusp of a big summer, right? Big bunch of genre pictures are coming out, and especially Avengers. Yep. I feel like we've gotten uh, we've gotten what we've gotten for the Avengers Age of Ultron picture, as they say back in the day. That this new this new picture that's coming out, Age of Ultron. Because I haven't seen a new piece of merchandise for that in months. I haven't seen anything for Rebels. Is this all still to do with the Dock Worker the strike, strike and all that stuff? Because yeah. I haven't seen yeah. any of those characters. I, look- I mean, the only new thing, because they didn't show anything at Toy Fair either, which was shocking. Right. Now, you know, I think, I think I might have told strike. you this. They did do a private thing. Um, you know, my, my business partner, Jason Labowitz, Entertainment Earth. He did get a tour of a ton of Force Awakens Episode 7 merchandise. Figures and role play stuff and all kinds of stuff. So there's lots of stuff that that was shown, but specifically to high-end retailers uh, only that you got to see this stuff. Um, Well, yeah, it was to the point where most uh, licensees could not say they had the license. That's that's how nutty it was. Now, but wait, I was just saying something. You just said, wait, shit, what were we just talking about? Rebels. Rebels. Let me just say, for the record, you and I have been talking about Rebels, and all along we've been saying, boy, it keeps getting better, and I'm really digging it, and I didn't really dig Clone Wars. I freaking tried, man. I tried so hard with that thing. I would sometimes would sit and do like four episodes in a row. And it just, it still was better than the prequels. Still, with what little I was digging, it was better than the the prequels. I think Rebels puts Clone Wars to shame and and puts the prequels to shame. And it's just fun. You know, when the 2009 Star Trek came out and people would ask me, because they did, (laughs) they wanted to know, hey, Jason Lindsay, you're a smart fella. You love Star Trek. I want to know what you think before I go spend my money on this damn thing. And the one thing I kept coming back to was, you know what it is? It's fun. It, it's bringing a sense of fun back to Star Trek for the first time in I don't know how long. It, it, it desperately needed to be fun again, whether that means the vibrant colors or those uniforms or the, the cockiness of Kirk or whatever it was. That's what I... The lens flare. Huh? Or, or the lens flare? Or the trademark patented lens flare. 
you know, between Next Generation and all the other iterations of the show and those particular movies uh, that certainly tried, when they would try to go fun or bring in some humor, it was wacky slapstick of, you know, Data getting, you know, hit in the head and having to walk the plank, you know, falling in the water and stuff like that, or, or singing, God forbid, we got to hear Brent Spiner sing again. Um, but it was never fun the way the old the old show was. It, it lost the sense of fun once the original crew were done and retired in '91. And I think the 2009 version was trying to bring that back. Would you agree? Don't you think that that's what it was? A lot of what it was doing. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So they were making it a space adventure. Yes, again. a space adventure again. Write that down. That's a great description. Um, Thank you. And I think. That's exactly what the Star Wars Rebels thing is doing. It's just bringing fun back to Star Wars. It's getting, it mentions the Jedi. The Jedi are discussed, and we see some things. We know some things. But they are not the bulk of the storylines and the show, bogging it down with their pomposity. Bogginess. Huh? With their bogginess. With their bogginess and their pom- pomposity, their pom-poms. Um, I really dig it. I can't wait for it to come back. I love the uh, little finale and the little Easter eggs we got. Um, and yes. I think that's a big part of it, too, is the design work. We've said it before, but they're they're going back to the well, to the source. <clears throat> Ralph McQuarrie and the, the, the inspiration for the original film and everything. And you can see it. Did you see the one with – the, there's two, I think, with Grand Moff Tarkin? Yeah. Well, he was in yeah, the finale. And kudos also. to that guy because whoever that guy was, he nailed. I think he nailed Peter Cushing's voice because yeah. he did it. Um, not again, not an easy thing to do. You can do it for. I've done it. You can do it for a little bit, and then you just kind of start like to sound like you're just aping, and you're not really, you're not finding the soul of you know whatever you're you're reading. He really, I think yep. he nailed that. Like. And he walked that line of, you know, doing an impression, but making it lively at the same time. Um, I'm just digging it. And it's making me spend money on Rebels merchandise because I like what we're seeing on, on screen. It gets me more excited for Episode 7. At the same time, we're hearing lots of stuff about Episode 7. It seemed like between the official announcements about Episode 8 and the spinoff, you know, storyline, you know, Rogue Rouge, I Rouge One or whatever it's called. Um, so that was just announced this just week. Just announced this week. Fine. Besides all that jazz, we've got, um, we've well, we've got a, a healthy dose of rumor going around about the storyline in Episode Seven and what may or may not happen to some beloved characters. Um, it is, you know, it's been a heavy couple of weeks, if, especially if some of this stuff is accurate, which I didn't really need to know. But also, you know, it's kind of kind of bringing me down just a bit. You I know, see. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, I don't know that I've I've oh, followed well, that actually. Let me tell you, what's happened what? is just kidding. Um, so there's that. So all that's going on at the same time. We got. It looks like we're officially or. Nearly officially getting Tron 3. Um, yes. Joseph Vazabomzinski 
is coming back. He says, I'm back. I'm doing the third one, which is great. Um, because I, I really, really enjoyed Legacy. I think we've talked about this many times, how much of those toys I picked up. Uh, so the third one looks like it's going to happen. We, we know that Garrett Hedlund has signed on. We don't know about any other names, but I'm pretty sure Olivia Wilde is going to be there as Cora. Okay. Um, yep. Huge. This is huge news. Huge. This Blade Runner thing is moving forward. This sequel. And they're calling it a sequel. It's moving forward. It's moving forward with Harrison Ford. He's definitely in. Supposedly... And this is before, it's before he crashed his plane, but after he crashed the Millennium Falcon and broke his leg. Supposedly, he's saying it's the single best script he's ever read in his life. I, I hope it is, because I keep seeing article after article about how this is the most unnecessary sequel ever announced. Yeah, that's, that's the flip side of the coin that doesn't make you very you're very happy. And I just keep wondering, <laughs> how, what, if, when, what is this going to look like? What's he going to look, what's it about? And how did it, this, and how did that? But having said that, they did go back to Hampton Fancher and is it David Peoples, I think. Are the ones, you lost me at Hampton Fancher. The, they're the ones who wrote the original and they went back to write this one. Ford gave it this huge endorsement saying it's the best script he's ever read. But to be fair, he hasn't read a script since Hanover Street. <laughs> hey, look Dude. out, everybody. Hey. Um, but also, really interesting, there's a director that apparently has signed on that I'm a big fan of because of a film called Prisoners that I've been pushing on the public you know, for the past year or so. Hugh Jackman, Jake Gyllenhaal, Maria Bello, Soupy sales. It. Did you see it? Oh, you finally yeah, saw it. Yeah, saw it on like a plane. Okay. I think. And you you liked it, right? You didn't love. It. You didn't like I it. did like it. Yeah. Well, that guy whose name is Denis Villeneuve looks like he's signing on to direct the picture. Okay. Are you hearing me? Is my mic on? Can you hear me? I'm throwing, I hear you. Throwing some comedy gold at you here. I'm I'm making you. I'm doing silly names and voices, and I'm getting nothing on the other end. Are you hearing me okay? I, I hear you just fine. Can you throw me a bone here? A little bit of, maybe a chuckle? Fake chuckle? <laughs> hey, there it is. All right, Love there it. you go. So that's pretty exciting. Um, what, Are you excited about that, though? It's not like I'm not going to see it. I'll tell okay. you what I'm – see, the thing is, nothing is going to – sorry. Whoa. That was, I burped. I apologize. Nothing is going <laughs> to erase the beautiful work of that original film and, and right. my memories of it and what it is. And, and it is what it is. Okay, so I'm more concerned with the, the Lucas Star Wars thing when – a body of work exists and someone keeps going back and messes with it, chips away at it, and or that I can't find a decent copy of the original material. I think that's what people forget everybody's beef is. Those that have beef, beef is, is beefs with Lucas, 
Shut up, it's Steven. Not just, it's not just that Lucas is messing with stuff that we love. It's that you can't get the stuff that we love. But I've heard well, we can, though. Didn't that announcement come out no, yesterday? No, what's this? I have not. What? That they're going to release the original unedited well, trilogy. Isn't that one of the first things we said they were going to do when this announcement got made? Yes. Right. So when is that going to happen? Uh, you know, I've only seen the headline. I didn't read that article yet. So right. I don't know. Pause the show. And, and then i, I got to go read and find out. Come back. But yeah, apparently that that's supposed to be happening finally at long last. Um, I'm going to say F yeah. That's my two cents. I just, for me, this sort of thing, I feel like Prometheus broke broke my excitement bone a little right. bit. Oh, I totally understand that. Of course. <laughs> so, you know, and again, I have nothing against it. And when I start seeing stuff, I'll probably get more excited. But right now, just kind of hearing about it, I go, okay, well, let's see how that goes. Yeah, I, I can, I, I get that. Now, speaking of, here's something interesting. This alien thing is happening. Uh, Neil right. Blomkamp, is Flaffengoffen, uh, which, uh, to be fair, I'm going to say, you know, for the record, I think District 9 is a brilliant film. It is not something I can sit through more than once every four or five years. It kills right. me. It breaks my heart. It absolutely kills me, that freaking movie. My wife loves it. She could watch it every month. I, I can't. I just can't. But it's beautifully done. Everything I've seen him do since have been slightly admirable failures. Like, did you see... <laughs> That's the name of your new yeah, band, right? Yeah. Did you see Elysium? Uh, I did finally, yeah. That, I, I think I saw that on a plane oh, the other day. I mean, too. it's worse on a plane because you can't, can't get off, can't leave. <laughs> you can you switch, switch it off, it off yeah. though. But, uh... <laughs> um, it was one of those things like, yeah, I should probably watch that. And I, you know, I saw it. I didn't think it was terrible, but, you know, I thought Jodie Foster was doing something very strange. And whatever his little muse guy that he keeps using over and over again. Charlto? Yeah. Yeah, no, Charlto is high all tall. He's, uh, he's he Chappie. He is Chappie. Chappie. Again, Chappie's the kind of thing. I see the trailer and go, I have no interest whatsoever in this. I know where it's going. I know what they're going to do to me, and I'm not going to like it. So I don't need to see this thing. But I've been hearing terrible things about that. Anyway, Blompacomp, Romper Stomp, he's going to be doing the next Alien film. And the thing we keep hearing over and over again, well, he says it, and then he kind of clarifies it, and then backtracks. And he's trying to say something to the effect of, this stuff will exist out there, the stuff that's already been made. It, it's, it's just fine and it exists on its own. I, I want to take it and make a story that comes right out of um, Aliens and we get a brand new story as if the, uh, you know, the Fiorina stuff or Faroni or whatever planet that was with the monks in 3, let's just say that never happened. It may have happened, but it was a different time stream, like a Star Trek thing or something. Now some people yes. are getting really uptight about this. Do you do you yes, care? Sir. I mean, right? No. Wouldn't you just rather if we can do it, and they're not going to look ridiculous? If we can get Sigourney Weaver and Michael Bean in a film again, 
as those characters, wouldn't you be up for it? Okay. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a word. But uh, again, it, I mean, this is sort of a bizarre precedent where this guy just, you know, he's a well-regarded director, but he just kind of had some ideas, leaked some stuff, and it got popular enough virally for the studio to take notice and go, hey, what, what are you doing what are over we there? Are we talking, it, you're talking about his career and what are we talking about? I'm talking about the, this alien oh, okay. film that he's doing. <laughs> he leaked that artwork right around oh, yeah, Christmas or so. that's right. Like, it all just started piling up. Like, what is it? Hey, what is this? And then it was like, oh, it turns out it's Niels. And they was just like, oh, I'm just messing around. Well, maybe that was his M.O. Maybe that was his thing was like, if I make this sort of happen, put it out in the ether, they're not going to be able to ignore me. And that's what I'm saying. The, the, the sort of unprecedentedness right. of so it. Right. So to answer or try to answer your question about Blade Runner, uh, where I go with that is that uh, Blade Runner is, is still going to exist and be there forever. Um, this thing could just be, you know an admirable failure could be awful, but you know, as long as Blade Runner still exists, I can just leave it. You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not one of those people that thinks that whatever this thing is going to be is going to ruin whatever came before. You know, I'm a huge, huge fan of Indiana Jones and a huge fan of Bond. You know this, and I had huge collections and everything, but the, you know, if the next Bond film sucks or they make a choice that, I don't agree with. It's not going to erase what's come before. God knows. I mean, you know what I mean? If we lived in that world, we never would have got past, you know, Diamonds Are Forever and the campiness. And then it went into Roger Moore. You know what I'm saying? We, we, would, never, we would never make any progress. Uh, Indiana Jones, same thing. Raiders to me, Raiders of the Lost Ark, 1981, is, is, is one of my top five movies of all time. I think it is top to bottom. It's just like, it's perfect. It's Raiders, Hard Day's Night, Godfather 1, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, and a little film called Yes, Giorgio with Luciano Pavarotti. No, kidding. Um, you know, those kinds of things that I just could sit down and beginning to end are just perfect. Every Everything about them. As much as I love Temple of Doom and you know, bits of the other ones that came after. To me, they're not even in the same zip code as Raiders. But they don't... But you don't disregard I don't them. disregard them, but I also don't... I don't think that they detract from Raiders in any way. You know what I'm saying? Right. They can exist and let them, and uh, I'll always have Raiders. Because it's, it's, it's perfect to me. I don't need the... <laughs> I don't need the rest of them. So... Yeah, I'm looking forward to this Blade Runner thing because I'm, I think more than anything, I'm just beyond curious as to just what the flip this thing is going to be. You know, how we're going to, how they're going to get us back in there, you know, and why. <laughs> I guess it makes, that makes right. sense. Um, you know, let's go back to Ghostbusters if we could for a moment because the last time we spoke, we talked about the all-female version of Ghostbusters. Now, right. and this to me is unprecedented. I never heard of such a thing. This big announcement gets made about all the, the all-female cast, which was um, Carol Channing. Carol Channing is not Ruth in that Buzzy. film. Ruth Buzzy. 
we we have Kristen Wiig, we have Melissa McCarthy, and two other Jane fine Curtin. Actresses. Jane Curtin would be great in it, but she and uh, Golda Meir I think is in it. Yes. Um. So now suddenly, before they've shot a frame of a, this, picture. not a sausage, as they say. Yes. Suddenly now we got an announcement about an all male cast. Sanctioned by Ivan Reitman and Mr. Aykroyd, that's going to that's going to forgive the metaphor, but it's going to piggyback in some way on the female one and tie into the same universe. Is that what I'm hearing? Are you hearing this? Reading the same thing? I I believe that is correct. Which is just yes. wacky. I've never heard of such a thing happen. I mean, this one this one was rumored. Before the female one, because it this was? this one, well, it was probably about to say, yeah, it it was it was in some emails in the Sony hack, oh. where Channing Tatum was pitching oh. it. Oh, and see, how do you feel about Mr. Tatum? Uh, I'm trying to think if I have seen him in anything. Really? Yeah. Um, I probably he, have, he, but I haven't seen any of the Jump Street movies. I haven't seen Magic Mike. I've seen Magic Mike. I, I've seen uh, seen it. I own it. No, but I've seen Magic Mike. Uh, I've seen the first Jump Street. I haven't seen Foxcatcher. I've not yet. seen Foxcatcher. I've seen both GI Joes. Um, I guess I did see the, the first. Gist of it is, Joe. he's someone that you know. If you'd asked me a couple years ago, I'd been like, "Oh, this guy, come on, he's really grown on me." I think he's got he's got He's, he's got, got the chops. chops where you wouldn't expect, and I think he's going to surprise people. And I think he's also funny. He's got great comic timing. Well, that's that's the most. Important so I, thing. when I read his name tied in with this thing, I'm like, oh, that could very well work. You know, it's strange they're saying him and Chris Pratt though. Oh, was Pratt's name thrown in there? I didn't see that. They, that just started cropping okay, up this week. I did week. not see yeah. that. Um. It, it'd be strange to see the two of them together. I feel like because they're, I think in some people's minds they're interchangeable. You think? Speaking yeah. of, we got to talk about this. Holy shit! How cool has it been seeing those? It's, this has been going on since the Super Bowl that Chris Pratt and Chris Evans have been daring each other to like they make these bets, and then it's like, well, you're gonna have to go to visit this hospital, and I'm gonna go here, whatever. And now they're just doing it willy nilly, and there's they're they're in this. You know, basically this, you know, awful, you know, cancer wing of whatever children's hospital this is. And uh, Evans is in full Steve Rogers, Captain America gear, you know, head to toe. Yes. He's just, he's, he's, you know, you can tell he's just sweating, you know, in this big outfit. And then Pratt is just there like in civvies, but with, you know, a, a Guardian's uh, ball cap. And they're going from room to room. Seeing these kids, and the kids are just, just ecstatic, just giving out toys, signing them. And I wonder because you know the bet was originally like, well, you know, one of them is is from Seattle, uh, Pratt is from Seattle, right. and I guess Evans grew up, you know, in uh, New England. So, you know, the bet was, well, if if, if I win, then you got to come to my, you know, charity right. of choice dressed dressed as uh you know the character wearing like you know a jersey from the my That's team right, yeah and like well if it's mine then you got to come to mine and do that and so then they decided everyone's right. a winner 
And I wonder, you know, first, because we saw the first one, which was Pratt in New England dressed as mm-hmm. Star-Lord. And it was Evans wearing his, like, you know, his football gear or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it's Marvel that said, this is awesome, but you can't put both people together in costume. Like, you can't combine those universes yet. Okay. I, and I don't know if that's true. That's just interesting. I, I, sure hope- I just wonder, once we saw the second yeah. visit where Evans was in full Captain America costume, we know... <laughs> We already know Pratt's got the Star-Lord would, costume. You know what? It's funny that you pointed out, and I had not, it had not occurred to me, uh, but it's really cool that you pointed out because I think you could very well be right. I think that makes sense, and, and as heartfelt as it is, they would want that first iconic image to come from an official source. The first time yeah. those two guys were in a room in those outfits. So it would not surprise me in the least if they stepped in and said, I know there's kids dying left and right around you, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, this this is going to have to happen this way. And it, it's kind of sad if that is the case, that they would do such a thing at such a time because these are sick kids. And uh, well, I, I don't think the kids mind, you know, they're getting to meet. Yeah, no, guys. I know. It's just, it, you know, it's just a silly, petty kind of thing to throw in there. But you could very well be right. I think it's a. It's an astute uh, observation. Yeah, just just having been in corporate America yeah. in the entertainment industry, that it occurs to me that that's probably why they weren't both dressed as their characters at both. Yeah, not occurred to me, but I think you're you're probably right. Um, speaking of me, <laughs> wait, no, we weren't. I thought for no. sure we were talking about me visiting kids at hospitals. No, 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 no we were talking about. Actual people. Yeah, you know why? That. Because I don't like talking about my charity work. I think you talk about I it all the time. Self serving. You you bring it up almost on a monthly basis. Show me roll the tape. Find the tape. Alright, there's gonna be some editing you going show on. Here. Me. Um speaking of me and speaking of shows and speaking of radios and interviews, um uh, a very nice gentleman named Colin um, Colin Reaver? Reaver? He's a Reaver. I don't know where you're going with this, so I can't um, help you. NPR, KPCC, locally here. I mean, by the time this thing okay. airs, it'll have already aired. But this coming Monday, the 17th? What is it, 16th? That's, yeah, uh, Around 3, 3.30 on uh, NPR, a show called The Frame this uh, fellow is doing a story on Lebowski Fest and the cult of Lebowski in general, and um, wanted to talk to me regarding Biff Bang Pow and how we got the license and why we did and you know we got it again and all the stuff we're going to make and why why why. His name's Colin Friesen, so he interviewed me yesterday, uh, and it, and it's going to be in the episode that airs uh, Monday on a thing called The Frame, which. Um, is it Monday or Tuesday? You said the 17th. Isn't that Tuesday? Well, it's Monday. So whatever the date is on Monday. 16th. 16th. Monday the 16th. And um, so if you don't hear it when it airs, which people won't because it's already aired, um, you can I think you can go to the NPR site and look for the episodes of The Frame, and uh, you'll find a little interview with yours truly in there about all things Lebowski. 
Yeah, it was nice. cool. It's kind of fun. I'm looking forward to hearing it because I do listen to a fair amount of NPR, and it's going to be fun to hear the intros and all that jazz the same way uh, with me uh, instead. I'll go, hey, that's me. That's not Angeline. That's me. How did I get nice. on the radio? So that's cool. Um, uh, but at the same time, there are other things to talk about. We've got to wrap this bitch up. We do. We gotta. So we gotta wrap this up. There's man. a couple things you want to hit before we do. Uh, well, uh, we should go ahead and give people the heads up now if they're going to WonderCon, WonderCon. next month uh, in beautiful Anaheim. I'm going to be doing a be panel. There. And guess who else Yay. will be there? You're going to be on Who's a panel. On this, this panel. Uh, who all is on the panel? Jeff Trojan from mm-hmm. Playmates. Uh, I think our old pal Dave Vonner. Who was over at whoa, Spin Master? Whoa, whoa, whoa! Vonner's on the panel. You guys, you guys, gonna fight? <sighs> but Vonner's on the panel. I'm not sure if I, you should have vetted this through me. I don't know if I can. Oh I don't know. God. I've still got. We've, there's still a grudge. Uh, let's see who else. Is on? I think uh, I think Kevin Canary from DC Direct. Maybe Jim Fletcher. Will Jim swing Fletcher. By. Yep. Also from D. I said DC Direct. I'm so sorry. DC Collectibles. It's a brand new era. Fletcher's daughter? I mean, son? Uh, okay, that sounds like a decent panel right there. And uh, Justin Donaldson will also be what? on there. Who is uh, the guy who created uh, Tournament of Nerds that I do over at UCB. Right. And I am currently working on a documentary with Justin about adult collectors. About the Wisconsin beaver. Um, no. About adult collectors? Yes. Um, about action I was figure say, you collectors. You want to clarify that because it, it could be misconstrued as about action figure collectors. Guys, action figure collectors. That's fun. You have interviewed me. Yeah. Uh, I was actually going to talk to you about that. Oh, look at up. that. Actually, you're you're on the list of people who Yay, want to talk to. I'm in. I'll do it. Okay. Sweet. Nominal fee. The nominal fee is the fame and fortune and uh, delight of fortune your fans. And glory. Yeah, I'm actually. Yes. Oh, I can't talk about this on the air, but I'm actually developing a documentary as we speak. Yes, oh, my. About this singer called Sugar Man. <laughs> um, you might want to do a little research on that before you start Listen, shooting. no one knows who this guy is. I'll be introducing him. Um, it's going to be a little tricky. Rodriguez. I don't want to... We'll, we'll what, talk about it later. You don't think it's a good idea? No, I think it's a... Fine idea. I'm telling you. If are you just are you just like looking for I'm him? Looking is that for what you're him. Doing? No one knows where he is. We're gonna find right. him hopefully. Uh huh. And then ask him a few questions. And I'm telling you, if I play this the right way, it's such a great story. Yeah. I'm smelling festival circuit possible awards. I think you can smell a festival circuit. Yeah. Is that uh, it smells something. Yeah. So that's that's uh, that's going on in, in very uh, cool. Very cool. Uh, yep. No, I have not been watching Gotham, although I did see the one where Alfred got stabbed. I'm not watching Flash, although maybe I'll try because of the Mark Hamill thing. Um, Flash is awesome. None of those shows, I still, I've tried, 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 but they're just not getting me getting me juiced. Uh, Avengers trailer is awesome. The new Avengers trailer is you know, very, very cool and awesome. Um, the Tony Stark thing was awesome with the kid and the artificial, uh, the robotic arm and all that stuff. Oh, so yeah. effing cool. Uh, yep. um, Toy-wise, I've been selling a lot of stuff. I'm going to be honest with you. You're a sellout. I just, it started to, I started to kind of look around and go, well, I could 
probably make a couple grand here, which would be, you know, that, that's a nice, you know, that helps with a, a trip, a getaway, you know, or, um, you know, buys me a tie, you know, whatever. And so I've been putting a, a fair amount of stuff up on eBay, and by golly, it's all doing pretty well. So I've been shifting. Nice. I mean, it's kind of heartbreaking, some of the stuff I don't, you know, and everyone always says, well, you know you can get it back someday. It's like, eh, yeah, yes and no. Yes, yes right. you can. You're right. Eventually I will be able to get that thing back. But chances are it's going to be $400 more than it was when I got it or just sold it. And it's not going to look as good as that. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, no longer the, it's no longer true. I'm doing a little bit of that, too. I've got way too much way too much well, stuff so think, if we start to, we're trying to kind of clear out an yeah. area uh in the garage where we can do like a little shooting studio for afi nice. stuff so that's great trying to peel off some of the the old stuff you know because again it's like if i live to be a thousand am i ever going to be able to display all of this well there's that and then i think the other part of your brain can kind of go well you know the great way to rationalize it is once once i get a little more breathing room then i can sort of step back you know, a month later or something and go, but I do want to get that new thing. And then it's, it's giving right. you an automatic sort of open door, you know, for, um, for not to, you know, restock the shelves completely. That's not the idea. But to go, oh, I've got a little bit of room here. Maybe I will be able to go get that thing and put that on the shelf now that all this stuff is, is gone. So, yeah. yeah. So I've been having to get rid of some stuff that I, like I say, I wouldn't, <clears throat> I'd love to hang on to, but it's just in boxes and, um, you know, not doing. Any, I feel you. I feel your pain, brother. I'm doing anybody the same any thing. good. Um, yep. So there's that. You saw. Let's get to it very quickly. You saw Boyhood and you saw Grand Budapest Hotel. And, and then just last night I saw uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, finally. let's start with that one. What did you think of that one? Okay, uh, I liked it. You know, I uh, I thought it was well done. It's you know, it's sort of what everyone said. It was the trailers did not do nope. it justice, and uh, far more interesting film with uh, some great and performances. The, and again, Tom Cruise, I've said it before, I'll say it again. One of these guys that, you know, the, the Days of Thunder, you know, Rain Man era Tom Cruise, I wanted to put him through a frickin' plate glass window. But the the Oblivion, War of the Worlds, um, Minority Report, Edge of Tomorrow, Tom Cruise... I just he just gets better and better. I think I think he's he's great, yeah. and he's he he chooses some riskier stuff, or more esoteric kind of, you know, science fiction so to speak. And this was a trippy premise, and I thought it was so well executed and so they were so great in it, the two characters. But once again, even the the DVD, if you notice on the packaging, it says "Live, Die, Repeat" in huge yes. letters, and then down yeah. at the bottom here it says. It's like, well, yeah. everyone thinks the movie's now called Live, Die, Repeat. I think they want people to think but, that. But, because they go, well, I don't remember that well, coming out. Because no one saw Edge of Tomorrow when it came out. And Edge of Tomorrow doesn't tell you no. as much about the film as Live, it's Die, Repeat. It's a terrible does. title. Live, Die, Repeat is perfect. But it originally was called All You Need Is Kill. That was the right. original title. Now, that's a terrible, terrible title. And again, doesn't tell you bupkis about you know, what this thing is. Um, it's more like a James Bond. Um, Transformers, I felt like we needed to talk about for some reason, but I, 
I forgot. Tomorrowland trailer looks very fun, I think. Um, yep. What did you think of Grand Budapest Hotel? Uh, you know, actually, I that was I didn't finish it. Yet. Ah, okay. I got about I got about uh, half right. hour in, and but we started it like at midnight. We'll get to that. We'll but get to that. every frame was was a love letter. I mean, it was gorgeous. I think you'll find, and I thought it was terrific. Don't get me wrong. But this happens now and again. It happens with the Coen Brothers stuff too. Sometimes I'm kind of surprised, slightly shocked at at, at which particular title the world decides to latch onto and go, that's the one. I, I feel like right. this one of Anderson's stuff has gotten more attention and love and just unbelievable reviews, even, if you just want to go there, than just about anything that they've done. And I'm not sure yeah. why, because I don't think it's... I think it's still better than 99% of what gets made, but I still don't think it's as good as Rushmore... Or you know the Royal Tenenbaums, or even Fox. I love Bottle fantastic Rocket. Bottle Rocket. I put that up there too. Um, but it's still it's still delightful. Boyhood, honest to God, again, terrifically done and well acted, and all all of those things. I don't know why you just don't go. Let's just make a documentary called Boyhood, and just follow this kid around for ten or twelve years. Why even bother making it a scripted thing? I don't know. I, I I dug Boyhood. That was one of those ones that kind of stuck with me for a couple of days. I, you know. Again, I thought it was just fine, but someone goes, "So Boyhood, should I? Shouldn't I? What's it about?" Um, it's about you know a, a marriage that falls apart and a couple of kids, and you just follow the, the them around. That's it. And what's weird about it to me, too, is that it's, it's almost as much about the girl as it is about the boy. But right. it's just it's called boyhood. It's like, and I don't know. I, I, you know, it's a fine film, but never need to sit through it again. I have a feeling. This, I feel like I like Marvel not attending Comic-Con. That is a myth, by the way. That is, I'm coming, I'm getting at it from different sources that that is a full-blown myth. This is when you go, yes? Yeah, right. Yes, yes? yes? No, not you. <laughs> um, yeah, well, she's my myth. <laughs> no, no. Myth, myth. Yes? Oh, so sorry. that's not happening, I don't think, but I could be wrong. Or it or is happening. happening. As in or they are. It? They will be there. Or maybe I don't not. know, we'll see. But is it? Are you going to attend the 11 movie Marvel Marathon? right before Avengers 2 comes out? I am going to have to say probably almost certain. Great, I'll see you there. Not. Are you going to do it? What? Is it a, oh, no, I, I can't. That? I, have a, I have a job. I, for, for I can't diaper? go and sit in a theater um, for 27 hours. I was going to say something else that was kind of... And the thing is, if you do yeah. that one, just the next year you're going to have two more movies That's to sit right. through. You're gonna attack on Ant Man and Avengers. It's just like, where does that That's end? Right now, we gotta. So at some point, you're just spending a week, and you know, 2017 comes. You just gotta take a week yeah. off. Why move this past me again here? We got this. This is the summer of Age of Ultron, Ant Man. What else? What 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 other big? There's some other big stuff happening, right? What am I missing? Um. 
Uh, I, I don't know if I'm, my brain's going to put that together okay, right now. Okay, okay, that's fine. We can we can pick that up next time. Um, toy wise, let's see. Um, few of the little Age of Ultron things, which I think we've talked about before. Um, anything new? Uh, I think I picked up a Transformer. I didn't think you were a Transformers guy. Uh, I'm really not, but you know, it's like that old saying. I don't know much about art, but I know what I like. And if I, if I see okay. something that's like, ooh, that, that reminds me of the old school. And there's this new line that's out that's like Combiner Wars or something. The Combiner Wars, yeah, is the new thrust of them. Ooh, mm, nice word. Mm-hmm. Uh, their new theme for 2015. Yeah, and thrusting. There's um, this you jet. Get? He's like a jet, but he's not. He's a robot. Is he a, a Decepticon or he's an Autobot? A Decepticon, I think. Okay. And he's got like a black head, and his chest, uh, upper chest area is kind of like orangish, reddish orangish. The packaging is beautiful. Um, comes with like a little trading card version of him. What's he called? I forgot what he's called. But I got him. I don't know. You're a little bunny. I got I got him, and um, it was something else I picked up, but not much. Kind of. A bit. I picked, just last night. I finally I picked up Weird Al oh, from the that Simpsons was it. line. Elvis Costello. And I got Elvis Costello. Yeah, yeah I figured you'd get Al. Al. I yeah, you. I got got both You're those guys. I got the uh, what else did I got? I got the Valiant Comics mini. I saw those. That are out. I saw those. Those are yeah. cute. Yeah, I've always I've always wanted an Exo Manowar figure, and that's the closest I've got so those far. Are, those are kind of cute. Yeah. Uh, I found Machine Man from the new. Marvel Legends oh, line. Oh, speaking of all these things, um, I want to give a shout-out to Tony Fowler, Larry the Toy Beast, Tony Fowler, because even if this doesn't happen, um, um, okay. I, I, you know, I don't, you know, we, we've got a little group here on Facebook that, you know, sometimes people go, oh, I'm looking for this. Do you think you can find it? I'm not one of those people because if I get started, I don't know where I'm going to stop looking for stuff. People, you know, oh, I was at the store and I saw this. But um, just the other day, Tony posted some pictures from a store locally called Local to Him. Do not adjust that? your set. What's it called? It's called Tuesday, Tuesday morning. morning, which they have here they in do? LA. Oh yeah, I got to There's three right by me because I've never heard of this place. Yeah, you do. What's it called? Tuesday morning, you said. Tuesday morning. Um, yes. Anyway, so he puts up some pictures of some stuff that he found at Tuesday morning, including twelve-inch figures of the yellow submarine animated Paul no sorry George Harrison and John Lennon figures are those the factory those are the entertainment factory entertainment ones, ones that okay. that generally when especially when they first hit retailers like entertainment earth big bad toy store whatever that whole set it sold as a set and you're looking at like i think 550 bucks kind of thing well, he finds it at this Tuesday morning. Uh, store. Yes, which is a closeout, a closeout store. store. So I think he's been, I think in the past 24 hours or so, he's been able to track down all four of the Beatles for me. Uh, I think I'm going to get them because I need oh. to get these figures. I don't have them. I need to get them. And no one needs to know about it. Yeah, they shouldn't uh... have mentioned it on the show. Well, by the time this airs, you'll you'll have him in hand, or at least he'll confirm that he's got him. That's true. You'll be all right. 
I think so. But just keep it to yourself. All right. I won't tell anyone. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And so the last, think- last, last thing I want to mention real quick, uh, you know, Jason yeah. has another little podcast. He, he has another little podcast that he does over on Pod Stallions. Oh, yes. Uh, and Thanks now for I'm mentioning it finally. Appreciate it. We've talked about it many oh, times. Oh, have we, though? Yeah. No, but thank And now I've got a second podcast you do? Uh, with some buddies. Yep. Is this the one about cars? Is this the nope. one about this is, hockey? This is the Legion of Dan. Legion of Dan's. So it's me and three other guys named Dan. What? Talking about uh, talk about old toys and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and now you talk about what you you pick you you say we're going to talk about Manglors this week, and then you guys bounce around your memories of Manglors. Or well, uh, we haven't done we haven't done an episode quite like that yet. I think we'll get to those sorts of things okay. eventually. We 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 have a Dan of the month where we talk about a Daniel action figure. Ah, that's funny. And it, it can either be, you know, the character's name is Daniel or the actor's name is Daniel. You mean, have you done, have you done uh, one already? Yeah, the first one we did was Daniel from The Sandman by DC. Nice. Well, you yeah. went right... Because he's one of the endless. You went you know? high-end right away. Nice. Yes. So it's me and uh, Danny Newman. Some people know as Cantina sure, Dan. Sure, Danny. Uh, yep, great, great photographer. He did our logo, yes, actually, for this podcast. Uh, he's the best... Plastic Man and Pee Wee Herman cosplay that I've ever seen in my life. That's true. Right? And he listens to the and show. And he does listen to the show. Yes, he does. Uh, then there's also Daniel Lynch, who uh, heads a great toy website called It's All True. Okay. Net. And uh, then Pixel Dan, Dan Erdley. Yeah, we know Dan. Is, does a lot of great uh, YouTube toy reviews and stuff. Uh, so it's it's the four of us. Just and it's a, it's just going to be a monthly podcast. It's not weekly or well, anything. Very similar to podcasts. They all podcasts like once a month. Pick a topic. It's oh, kinda, okay. It's kind of similar. A little different with the subject matter, but that's great. That's yeah. terrific. Uh, I'm going to tune in. I'm yeah. going to give it a listen. I recommend that everyone else do as well, especially if your name is Dan. You that's right. You belong. That's great. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. See, well, that was two freaking hours. This is why we need to do this more often because. I think I think the podcast itself is only an hour and a half. We talked for a half hour before oh, we started recording. I blame you completely. That's <laughs> your fault. I don't want I want I don't want people to go. Hey, where did the other half hour right. go? No, you're right. We Should were robbed. Uh, and there's even yeah. more to talk about, so we'll save it for next time. That's right. Uh, meantime, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you for being patient with us and knowing that we have other lives and things to do sometimes that that get in the way. But you know what? To quote, uh, what was his name? I don't know Jeff who you're Goldblum, saying. So I can't Malcolm from uh, Malcolm Tucker. What was his name? Malcolm. Oh, yeah. Jurassic Park. Malcolm Jurassic Park. He was Mel. Life yes. will find a way. And we will always nice. find a way to bring this show to our fans, no matter what. That's right. So keep listening. We'll be here dishing it out. Come see us at uh, WonderCon. Come see us at WonderCon. Yeah. WonderCon. We'll be there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Make your presence known. It's on Friday. Friday afternoon is when our That's panel right. will look be. Look for us. You know what we look like, but we don't know what you look like. So look for us and say hi and, um, you know, uh, tell us how much you appreciate us. And 
cash gifts are not going to be turned away. I'm just saying. You can even you ask Jason what he's got for sale this there week. There you go. And he'll just he'll have it right on his person. I'll sell it to you at the, the show. show. Right okay. on. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks Thank indeed. You, do it again soon. Yay. We will. Bye. Shiny. Let's be bad guys. I know Kung Fu. Show. Secrets of nature's deepest mystery.